Now broadcasting live via Ustream or downloaded directly to your mobile device. Bagdenboard.com presents the Bagdon Boardcast. Oh my goodness, and that is crazy. Why are we friends with Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm glad I didn't get to I'm like, glad your mom, mom wasn't here. Uh, you said your parents don't listen to this. <laughs> he just looked at me like, really should I punch him? <laughs> it doesn't work if you're not wearing Why? a mariachi suit. Uh, <laughs> we're not wearing a mariachi suit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome <laughs> to another episode of the Bag and Forecast. It's episode number one, 158. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Then we go into the list. The book, oh, shit. We have the list. I the forgot list, about that. Uh, the books that were coming out um, today, February 6th. <laughs> And then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. This week we're bringing you our January look back. We've got a whole stack of books to talk about here. Um, from most of the major publishers, we've got... They're all number the, ones. The Hunted from DC Comics. Batman and Robin Annual from DC Comics. Star Wars number one from Dark Horse Comics. Thunderbolts number one from Marvel. Young Avengers number one from Marvel. Morbius the Living Vampire number one from Marvel. And Fairy Quest number one from Boom Studios. It's a lot of books. Boom. A lot of books. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff. And uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is, of course, beer. And beer. February is a time for lovers and a time for those that might be having a little bit of a darker time to celebrate those darker those, times. Those of us who have darkness in our hearts and seek justice. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Something in my throat. Very good Princess Bride joke right there. Good, good on you. Thank you. Uh, we have... Uh, as John suggested, uh, Black IPA Month. I did. And this is your, your beer, Paul. This is my beer. It's uh, all you, bud. It's Sublimely Self-Righteous Ale, and it comes from Stone Brewery. And this is uh, a really bitter, bitter IPA. But I like it. I like it a lot. It's got, it's got a really nice hop flavor to it. <laughs> you don't get that <clears throat> like smoky toasted that you get from most Black IPAs until the very end there. Yeah. Like it kind of creeps up the back of your throat. Oh, Paul's karate chopping microphones now. Mm-hmm. Paul, you're using my TV. I like. <laughs> He's using you John Cena's poster. And he has been for weeks now. It all comes out. Episode 158, where the shit hits the fan. Didn't even realize. Or Paul hits John. Or you John... mean John hits Paul? <laughs> I imagine you just goading him into it. Oh, yeah, probably. Then I could hit him back and it'd be fair. Oh, and now now he's cleaning it like on his shirt. Like, no, see, it's it's good, it's good. And I'm gonna <laughs> throw it on the chair. Throw it on the chair. Later on, I'm gonna get some steel wool and really go to town on it. <laughs> yeah. It'll only skip on, on your car stereo. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Oh. Let me paint it. Help me. Uh, uh, I like this. I like it a lot. We just had the uh, the double arrogant bastard last month. Not on the show, but John and I. Yeah. Is that bottle your uh, mom gave me? They drink without you, listeners. How we does do. that make we you drink. feel? <laughs> I think Paul's, Paul's the one who was like, they drink without me. Um, we had some nice beers yesterday, that, too, Paul. That one was really bitter. This one, not so much. No, this is very... It, it's, it does have a little bitterness to it. It has a little bit of a smoke to it, but it's really it's really nice, really drinkable. I, I could probably sit down with the bottle. By the end of it, probably a lot of just, like, lip-smacking, like... 
noises because my tongue would probably be really dried out. But my my, my tongue's kind of dried out already just after two sips, and my lips are chapped. John said he was going to kiss me on the way over here to make it better. No, I just said I would do that. Oh, okay. Not to make him better. I, I told you that, too. It had nothing to do with helping the meal. I know. I just wanted to say that because I thought it would be funny. <laughs> just between us. So out of ten, because we we started that last week with the uh, Blue Point Toxic Sludge, how how many points would you give this out of ten? I would give it an eight. Um, what do you give to- Toxic yeah, Sludge? I don't even remember I'm giving not going it to points. Tell you guys, I don't remember assigning what points. points. You, you gave out of ten, it. right? Uh, just out of ten. I don't think we did give it points. If we did, we I don't did. remember. We had a lot to drink last week. You did. There are points written down. Well, here. I need to know how many points I gave Toxic Sludge. I don't in want order, that to. Be... But in order to, because I like I, the Toxic like Sludge this, more, like the, but I, I don't remember what I rated. Okay, you ready? One. Yeah. Do you hear their point totals? I gave Toxic Sludge a six. Okay. I was the harshest critic. John, you gave uh, Toxic Sludge an eight. Oh. 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 <laughs> you guys didn't give much room to... Uh, no wiggle room there. No wiggle room, really. Uh, Chris, you gave Toxic Sludge... A 7.5. 7.5. I remember I gave it a point five Because <laughs> you were a jerk. And you, <laughs> you basically made our 10-point system a 20-point system. Uh, then I will give this a nine and a half. Really? I, liked, I, I think I like it more than the Toxic... Sludge, so it needs to have a higher. See, the toxic sludge had a I don't, little I, bit more drinkability to it. I, I, I literally do not remember what it tasted like. We had I, you we, liked it enough. I liked it more dr- than this. I, yeah, so, I, you know what? I'll just I'll give this an eight point five. <laughs> Chris, I, I'd probably give this a seven. It's good. I mm-hmm. like it, but I like the this. sludge was a little bit more drinkable. Like I could see myself just sitting down with that four pack mm-hmm. all to myself and just. Having fun sitting around reading. This is a sipping man's beer. This is this is definitely difficult to just drink if you wanted to just drink something. I can't mainline this. This is it's it's definitely a step down from uh, the Sierra Nevada Celebration Ale, Mm. which was so hoppy. Yeah, it blew your tongue out. Yeah, but this is definitely blowing my tongue out right now. So I, I will have to give this a five and a half. Wow! Look at look at Paul. I'm raising the half. I knew you would do it. I'd well, I had you. to. Everybody else was. And we got one more beer coming out later in the episode. Hopefully we'll regain taste buds. I'm hoping so. I sure. don't know why you would go stone first. Because that's, I mean, that's what stone is known for, just that. I went with stone first because I wasn't looking forward to this one, so I kept the best for last. I, I'm looking forward to the other one yeah. a little bit more, so I'm glad to have this one out of the way. Yep. So uh, let's get right into the news. We have news to talk about. We have news. Uh, something that I am excited about, and I'm pretty sure that Chris is, because he's a Park and Rex fan, is uh, Chris Pratt being cast over lots of other higher, you know, I wouldn't say hi- bigger higher, names. Like bigger names. names. Yeah, um, for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. What is it, Star-Lord? Yeah, Star-Lord mm-hmm. in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Um, Which I, I'm actually really happy to see him in this role. And uh, I really like the actor. He does great on Parks and Rec. Uh, I've seen him in a couple other things that he's done. Uh, Moneyball and just recently um, Zero Dark Thirty. Oh, you saw that? I did. How was it? It was good. A little boring, but good. Um, he's kind of all over the that place. That was un-American, sir. How can killing Osama bin Laden be a little boring? Because there's a lot of stuff before that, and it's kind of boring. 
But it's America. Most of it doesn't take place in America. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's for America. It is for America. It's for America. Uh, but it, he's, he is a really good actor, and I think he's somebody who can play this character well. I have no idea what the character of Star-Lord is. I have not read any Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm not a big uh, Marvel Cosmic person. But there Fantastic is, Four. Uh, did you order Guardians number one? I don't know. Okay. Well, I think one of us did. Um, next month, I believe it is, or it could be the following month, there is a new Guardians of the Galaxy number one coming out by Brian Michael yep. Lindis and Steve McNiven. Yep, McNiven um, on our we'll be doing that preview of it. On the uh, look back for whatever month that is. I think it's going to be March at this point. But um, who knows? Maybe it's there's something there that it hooks us. Maybe we'll really be excited for Guardians of the Galaxy more than just because it's, hey, Burt Macklin's going to be in it. I know. <laughs> FBI. I know Abden and Lanning were doing uh, Guardians of the Galaxy for a while, and that was, from what I've heard, was really good. So I might want to try to pick those up and trade. Because I enjoyed their uh, Resurrection Man. You did. You did. Yep. And since we're talking about stuff that takes place in outer space, why not talk about Star Wars a little bit more? Because there's nothing more outer space than Star Wars. Nothing. It is a far, far away galaxy. Hey, hey, we're going to be talking about a Star Wars book in the look back, so yeah. why not talk about movies? So the CEO of Disney, Bob, Bob Iger. Iger, came out and said, yes, they are planning on doing this just news release today. Uh, so we're breaking it. Oh, and by us breaking it, we've read it on news sites, comic book news sites. Yeah, so. nobody called us personally. <laughs> Tell us, <laughs> nope. But uh, yeah, they're looking to do some prequel movies of a young uh, Han Solo and a young uh, Boba Fett, baby feats. Yeah, baby Fett, baby Fett. Where? Baby feats. Baby feats. Paul didn't get that reference because he never oh. listened to your MC Chris CDs because he was using it as a coaster. <laughs> I was. Unknowingly. Unknowingly. I'm looking forward to the new trilogy, especially now that they've got J.J. Abrams involved. I mean, this is all very premature to be like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, Django Fett, not the best handling of the Boba Fett lineage mm-hmm. with the... I, Prequel trilogy, original trilogy, I don't know what to designate stuff as anymore. But I, I would look forward to a Boba Fett movie. This is supposedly going to be taking place between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back or Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. It's not going to be an origin story from him, from what rumors are saying. But we will be supposedly seeing an origin for Han Solo, which could be pretty badass. Will it be him <laughs> saving Chewbacca's life? By the end of the movie. We could probably get that in there at some point. Yeah. You can't have Han without Chewie. Will they? See, I would like, like just me personally, I would like the two already together in being that space pirate, that chorus, or, uh. How he wins the Millennium Falcon yeah, in the card like game? That kind of him, you know, where. Uh, where young Lando would be awesome to see too. Where, how he where, cheats him. Where Lando, Lando goes, ah, you old space pirate. Like, I want to know that old space pirate. Like, I don't want him like, I'm just learning how to fly. You know, that kind of you, Han Solo. You want this to be Firefly, basically. Yeah, like, I want him to be that Working kind of. Working for Jabba. Yeah, like him just being kind of that badass guy that, uh, I'll do kind of the right thing right now because I have a, I have a conscious I'm gonna help. I'm gonna help this out. Conscience. I don't know what you were saying there. At yeah. all. 
But uh, it has to end with him dumping the cargo and and escaping from the Imperials. Well, even he gets boarded sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It has to end there. And the middle has to be, you know, the movie has written itself because we know a lot about his back history without seeing his back history. No. This, this could be really fun. Um, people are already lashing out saying like, oh, this is a cash grab. They're diluting the franchise. And it's like, what, what more could they do to dilute Star Wars? Like, it's been milked for everything it has already. And the thing that is. That teats almost run dry. Every, like, even in the let's go way back in time, down to the Jedi, it's all the everything happens still on the same planet. It's a Dantooine, Tatooine, <laughs> and it's like really, can't there, you? There aren't any other planets in this galaxy that's so far away. Yeah, apparently not. There, apparently Tatooine, nobody wants to go there but, ever. It's horrible. Everything happens there. Like every video game I ever play, you have to end up on Tatooine. At least once. Well, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about when we were doing that Force Storm thing is you want to see those familiar faces and those places. Like, do want to jump ahead, but I really liked reading Brian Wood's Star Wars. Yeah. Because it's that familiar territory and they're Except- giving you that, that like focal point to be like, oh, it, they're on Tatooine. I know about the place. And then they just throw a bunch of other crap in there that you don't care about with Force Storm. Like, Mm-hmm. They they could go to other planets, but why? Like that one's so well established. To, to stop ex- hitting the doors now. I'm so close. Trying to tear the door off the frame. To, to not. And <laughs> why we go to course. other new planets is to expand the universe, to make it, to flesh it out more, rather than dilute the universe. And and okay, here when they try to expand stuff out, remember what we got? Yeah, it was the prequel. <laughs> we got Naboo. Like. Yeah. So I don't, I, I have hope for this. It's not a new hope though. Yeah. It's the same hope I've went in with before. And th- also, th- they're rumored to do a Yoda, a Yoda. prequel, uh, Darth Maul and Jabba the Hutt were also one really? names Darth that were there. He was a badass character for like the minute that he appeared in the movie. Yeah, because people love, people love, him. I mean, he's still kicking around. He still has things where he pops up and he's like half robot. What? Yeah, he's got like robot legs, and he's really pissed because he doesn't have a dang anymore. John writes a lot of fanfic. <laughs> I don't know. I'd be that's, pissed. That's why Qui Gon Jinn comes back as a blue ghost to console Darth Maul about his missing robot yeah. dang. <laughs> but that's kind of like the the biggest news. Uh, big news is, big rumor, another big rumor, is Sony is slated to maybe announce their uh, PlayStation K, uh, 4K uh, on the 20th of this month. Yeah, on their uh, Facebook page, they had a little teaser video that says, see the future, and then gave the date of uh, February 20th, 2013. Also rumored is Microsoft is supposed to announce their next Xbox in March, too. Yeah, so this could be Sony trying to beat them out the gate. And both are going to be supporting Blu-ray and or Ultra HD. So Ooh. that's why you get 4K Which, because it's, you know, like... It's a, crazy because it's, TVs can't handle anything more than like 1080p right now. Correct. But th- there is a... But, I know there's a couple of televisions that they showed at uh, CES this year that are 4K. 
They're really pricey. Yeah. But when you want to get I that expanded... I imagine they're probably all done by Sony. When you want that expanded uh, Hobbit movie on your Ultra HD disc... I'm fine with just regular DVD, so I I don't care about that kind of thing. Like, I don't what's know. the size of your television? It's like 26 inches. Yeah, you don't need to worry about it. But anything, that's the thing, know? like... I don't but feel if, the need for a gigantic. If you TV have a ninety-inch screen, then you need four K. <laughs> so I don't. Can, so I you don't can, need a ninety-inch. So you can sit though. two inches away from it and really enjoy that 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 uh, lack it's of like, pixelation. Wow, you could, you could really make, make out Darth Maul's robot dang on this four K. No, kinda, he's mad because he doesn't have a dang anymore. Well, he's, he's, he's got robot legs. Why doesn't he just get a robot one? It's me, that John. Because they haven't gotten to that technology. I mean, Luke just had that where he could feel the pin prick his finger. Oh, they had that technology. They used it 20 years before that with Darth Vader. I think he, he doesn't... This is getting really nerdy. He doesn't have the sensation things. He just got robot, and that's why he he's... means 20 years later with Darth Vader. Earlier. 20 years before with the Darth Luke. Vader. Right. Yeah, so it'd be, it'd be 20 years... But we're years. talking about Darth Maul. Yeah, cut in half. it's like that 40 is... years right there. Yeah. yeah. 40, 60 years from Luke's hand to Darth Maul's robot dang. Yeah. Well, Darth Maul is definitely dead and buried by Lucas around time. But yeah, they were Lucas already working on that technology, though, with General Grievous. Yeah, but he's all robot. Hardly yeah. any flesh except for, except for the heart, for whatever reason, is the, the most flammable brain. part. In his brain. Yeah. But yeah. And his eyeballs. His eyeballs. So the technology was... Being developed, just saying. Well, he got happier when he got a... <laughs> That's why we never heard about him. He retires. <laughs> like, I can, I, look at all the bawling I can do now. Uh, I'm going to retire <laughs> to Tatooine. <laughs> That's a plan. <laughs> Huts, <laughs> give me some pussy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's who kidnaps do we have, do we have Anakin's mom. Everything else, let's just leave this. Leave this and never come back. Uh, there's nothing for us here. Nice and pussy. Try to take it to uh, to. Oh, more rumors is uh, <laughs> that uh, the Microsoft system is going to have to have an always-on connection Which in is order just to. Dumb. Twenty-seven percent. Of Xboxes right now are not connected to the internet. That's not smart. It is smart in the way that all that since the beginning of video game count well consoles, uh, they've been there to sell video games. That they sell the hardware except for Nintendo at on a loss, at a loss in order to get video game publishing, and to make sure that the video game publishers are on board with creating new. Video yeah. games and making sure that they're licensed and paying that licensing fee. They're going to have to do something about the used game market. And, uh, piracy. It's just not smart to cut out all those people that don't have internet access. I mean, you still can't get Verizon Fios in a lot of areas around here. Right. Like, I get knocked off of our internet constantly. Like, when I'm just even trying to stream something off of Netflix. They like, look at 27%, though, and say, can we lose that audience? Is that audience buying new video games now, anyways? Versus how, how, do you know, how do you know they're not? Because you can't see them online. 
versus how how big of a how big of an audience is a used game market audience. My my brother in law buys new games, but it's only certain games, certain time of the year. The uh, Call of Duty, Call of Duty, uh, Madden, and um, just re- recently, what was it? Uh, Battle. Battle, Battlefront. Battlefront Battlefront came out over a year ago now though. He's still he's still playing it. He sold it. He just bought it again. Um new. Mm-hmm. Cuz he's weird. I don't I don't know. Well, he got to get the uh, uh, <clears throat> I think he got edition. I think he did get the year edition. But after when those games, when he's done playing those games, he lets his account lapse and then when he gets in the mood to playing, he goes and buys a thing again. I like I I agree like it's not smart on their on their front but I'm mine's always hooked up to internet you know I think if they go this route though they're going to have to do it away with Xbox Live as we know it if you have to be connected to the internet people aren't going to want to be paying 60 bucks a year You can be connected to the internet without being Xbox Live yeah, but you don't get anything, you don't right. get anything for it. You can't play those games yeah. online. You can't uh, take advantage of the other stuff like Netflix, Hulu Plus, uh, Redbox Online, which is now in beta. You can sign up for that and try that, which is six dollars a month. But those are all additional services that you have to pay for. Yeah. In addition to paying for Xbox Live, mm-hmm. it's it just doesn't make sense at that point where PlayStation. They give you those for free. You don't have to pay for that online. Mm-hmm. And it's, PlayStation's I, patent was to have an RFID tag mm. put in to their DR Blu-ray disc and to make it locked to one console. Yeah, which I think is just stupid because, hey, imagine not being able to take a game over to your friend's house to just sit around and hey, play just, Madden or anything. You're going to have to pay a $5 <laughs> unlock key. Yeah. When you put it in your GameCube or Game <laughs> Your GameCube. Your GameCube. Game box. Because it's a current system. I, I, well, think... I didn't mean to like name like a system. I tried to come up with the most generic name for a game system ever. And I came <laughs> up with GameCube. Up with I would have come up that... with the play box. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I think if they do go that route. I think I've seen that porn. People are going to probably Start. not be so quick to jump out and buy those brand new games. Sixty dollars for a game that doesn't—I don't know. We we already that do it with a lot of the used games, anyways. With the you buy it used and then you pay the ten bucks to get the that first DLC that came for free yeah. if you bought it new. Like it's been happening for the past three four years now. Yeah, but you can still buy that game pre-owned for thirty bucks. It's better than paying that sixty for it. Right. I I don't buy as many new games as I used to anymore because. I can buy them pre-owned. I can get them a lot cheaper mm-hmm. because a lot of the games they're not worth that sixty dollars anymore. I I I went out. I got it right when it came out. Rage, beautiful looking game, very fun to play. Extremely short. It's a three disc game that's only like I, I don't but, know three days of playing it, mm-hmm. and like I felt ripped off. It's like I I bought this brand new. Like Arkham, Arkham City, you, I bought that brand new. I felt like I got my money's worth. Yeah, Borderlands. Borderlands. I feel like I got my money's worth buying all the DLC. I definitely feel like I got my money's worth. Rage, brand new, three discs. Like wow, nothing, no, no playable value. No going into that world 
after I beat the game either, mm-hmm. I had to start from scratch. I couldn't go and do all the extra achievement unlocks after I beat the game. I had to do all that stuff in the game. Mm. And that's like the, that's kind of the annoying thing about some games. Like you don't know how good it's going to be. If I could have gotten Rage half priced and played it, I would have been happier than paying that 60 for a short game that doesn't give me those things that I want in a game. Well, you could do what I do sometimes on games like Catherine. I just wait. And, but you're going to have I still buy it new. That's thing. you're going to have people waiting for a long right. time to buy those games and it's going to negate that yeah. Mirror's Edge I bought new for 19.99. Uh, yeah, but Bayonetta same thing, 19.99, Catherine 29.99. I waited I waited a year or a year and a half and sometimes two years, but, but they do fall even and say that the game new. that you're looking for is still going to be there a year later. Like I said, well, those three games, I was like, I'm not going to pay the full fifty nine ninety nine. But, but and are you sitting there constantly waiting and watching? Because that game, if this is how it's going to go, that game might sit on the shelf so long and then all of a sudden be gone and you won't be able to play that game that you wanted because you waited too long. We live in an age of Amazon.com and, you know, I, I think you'll be able to find the game new someplace. Now, maybe it'll not be drop a weird, in price. Who knows maybe not what drop it's in price, be. or even hit a yeah, weird yeah, game collector's no, mentality and jump in price. Yeah, there's yeah. no secondary market for stuff like that. Who knows what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. I, I think that game companies are actually going to have to put the work in to make sure their game is worth getting that $60 for it instead of just putting it out there because, oh, well, we can make that money on DLC down the road, too, because if people are... are just going to sit, sit around and wait, it's going to kind of break that game economy as it is, I think. People are going to bust out their old N64s yeah, and just buy, play those and their GameCubes. They're, they're going to get out the game boxes. Game boxes and play the, buy those games he used and play them. Maybe. Maybe. Ooh. All right. The list. That is rough. We're done with news, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I ain't got anything else. All right, so we're looking at the books coming out on February 6th. And, Paul, why don't you say what book you're looking forward to, because I'm just going to piggyback on yours. Really? It's Green Arrow number 17, the book that I was looking forward to uh, during our Look Forward event. Uh, this is going to be written by Jeff Lemire with art from iVampire's own Andrea Sorrentino. So this is a creative team that I'm very excited to take over, a character that I have a love-hate relationship. When it's written well, I love. When it's written poorly, I hate. Yes. I, I feel the same way. I love him just in general. He's a character that I always like. But it's hard to find a story written about him well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm looking forward to this because I'm really on the Jeff Lemire fan bus right now. I, I really, really like what he does uh, and the stories that he writes. So I, too, just really, really looking forward to this. Really, really, Chris. Really, really well. Um, I've got a couple books that I'm looking at here, and I might just talk about them both because you guys talked about the same one. Okay, what, what, well, name one and name the other. Well, Paul, you know we love our anthology books. I do love the anthology Did books. Did you happen pick, to pick up the Young Romance, pick, the Valentine's Day special you know from what? DC? It, the cover didn't drag me into it, and the price point is what? Seven ninety nine. Yeah. It was a little bit it, too it, much. It's a bit much, but you get one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 
uh, seven stories in it, mm-hmm. and it also has uh, perforated DC Comics cardstock valentines in it too. I thought about which it, which are kind of fun. I might call and pick it up. I, I, I've tomorrow. got it if you want it. Like it's okay. No, no, because um, I kind of want those valentines. But it, to mail out to our listeners that rated <laughs> review us on iTunes. Now, citizen art, your addresses. <laughs> it's got some fun stuff in it. I mean, it's an anthology book. DC usually puts these out. They didn't do one for Halloween this year, which kind of made me sad yeah. because the Halloween one's usually fun. But that's just kind of like a seasonal thing. Um, actual book that I really look forward to though is, uh, all new X-Men number seven. What? Yeah. Um, Brian Michael Bendis making his Brian long awaited, uh, debut on the list. Yeah. Last it, time this happened was what? Siege? It's bizarre, but uh, I've really enjoyed what I've read from all new X Men so far. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Siege. It's, Siege would have been. It's a decent time. book. Um, I like. I like it that, so much it. that I've added it to my pull list. I've ordered uh, the next few issues coming out, <laughs> as well as the uh, Uncanny X Men, also written by Brian Michael Bendis. No, Uncanny isn't. Well, the one. Uncanny X Men. Yes. Yes. Okay. You're thinking Uncanny Avengers. I'm thinking of. Yeah, and then there's, like, Uncanny X-Force or something, too. Yeah, it's... Adjectives! But Extreme X-Men isn't still around. I think it is. The one with the weird... Okay. Pretty sure it is. Break Pack, right? I don't know who's on it, but... I saw it in the previews today. Oh, man. That is so much... Oh, man, I'm getting parched by how much we talked already, and we have a lot of books to talk about. I think we need I think a lot of that was the beer that we drank, though. (laughs) That's true. I better get a palate cleanser with the next beer. And it's a good thing that you have another beer for us here, Paul. And this is from one of our go-to breweries with uh, Southern Tier. Yes, this is their iniquity. It is the antithesis antithesis of Unearthly from Southern Tier Brewery. This is their black IPA. Um, and this is smooth and caramely and very sweet. Yeah. And sweet. Yeah. This is basically the opposite of what we had with <laughs> yeah. uh, the stone. No hop to it, though. Mm-mm. No, it, it well, that's a little our, bit more of an alcohol bite on it, though. Yeah, and that's our p- pilots might be blown out. No, because that's that's this beer, even on its own. Um, and this is where you run into that problem that I think we all have when you go to get a black IPA. You either have more of that smoky, that smokiness mm-hmm. of a darker beer, or that smooth and sweetness. Or you just get really a lot of hops. It's it's hard to find that well balanced one, mm-hmm. and this is one of those ones that doesn't have that kind of hop kick to it. You almost karate chopped that right out of your hand. It was it was a finger slam there. Yeah, finger slammed. This is this is a very finger. nice sweet beer. It's a nice beer to finish off with. Yeah, especially after that. Uh, but I'm also not wowed by it. Not not at all. Like if you gave this to me, I'd go, "What is it?" And you'd go, "Black IP." I'd be like. No, no. It tastes it tastes like it's been aged in a bourbon barrel. <laughs> it, yeah. You know, it tastes like a just a like a darker ale, not a not a black IPA. I I prefer this over the stone though. Mm-hmm. It, it's good, <clears throat> but I, like I don't like it's not it's not hoppy enough for me to have it be a black IPA. But I still it's really good. enjoy it for yeah. what it is. Yeah. Uh, so and I have to give it a seven and a half because I'm embracing them halves. I I would give it just a uh, a straight seven. Yeah, I'd give it a seven as well. It's really good. Uh, it's it's 
so drinkable, so smooth. This is something you can just drink that whole, uh, Chris, you realize you just tied your, uh, your stone. Yeah, but I can't put it at a seven and a half because I don't like this as much as the toxic sludge. Mm. Okay. But I, I prefer it over the stone. But it's the same. But but it's stone. It's, yeah. It's, it, it deserves a seven rating. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it doesn't, I don't think it, it's, there's no wow factor to it. There's nothing that, it's a good beer. Not a, not exactly what I'm looking for in a black IPA. Um, when's this? When was this bottle? Because it, it has a little bit more of an alcohol bite on it. I don't know. Do we have okay. No. Where'd you put the bottle, Paul? Because I'm wondering if this has been sitting on the shelf for a little bit. I got it at Premiere, so okay. I don't imagine it sitting too too long. They keep their things pretty fresh. Um, because it's almost that. Like and this is a seasonal, right? This isn't out all year long. I'm, I honestly don't know. Anytime I've, uh, I've seen it on the shelves a lot, though. John's back with the bottle. This is just an Imperial Black Ale. It's an Imperial, oh, an imperial Black, Black, Black Ale. Ale. Which, uh, that's fine. Like you said, there's not a lot of yeah, Black it's, IPAs. It's, Black. A, well, like, it's a Black Ale. Black Ale works. The guy told me this was a Black IPA at the store. I think he lied to you. He might have to make the sale. But no, no bottle down date? Or best buy. Bottle on date. So we've had this before. Thirteen thirty eleven. So I'm thinking eleven thirty thirteen. Okay. So it's three months old, which is where you know it's probably peaked. It's it's going on its way out. Usually some beers like this are three uh, three month kind of beers. But uh I think we need a dramatic reading to get us into the mood of reading some more comic books. And Chris, do I have a book for you? I'm doing it. I thought you were doing this for John. Am All I right. doing it for John? Well, because okay. I no, I, he gets to pick. Yeah, I thought because okay, I thought then, we were gonna go around. Eh, well, you can go around, Robin. Yeah. So John, come over here and read this book. Then we're still coming up with the rules. Uh The panel that I have. Yep, that one. Uh, this is a dramatic... Now, John... Is it just this panel? Yeah, just that panel. Okay. A dramatic reading from Animal Man number 11. You didn't count the pages or anything, Paul. Oh. You're supposed to know all this. You're supposed to say it. I'm supposed to say it? Yeah. I don't remember how it works. We drank a lot of beer last time. Remember, I, I introduced it and said the title, the issue... Oh, no, the I page and the panel? I thought I said all that. Page 10, panel number 4. This is my totem form, and it is not easy to maintain. We must go quickly. The rot is here. Very nicely done. And that was a dramatic reading from Animal Man number 11. Page we'll, 10, panel 4. We'll get it right next week. <laughs> when Paul's not involved in it. <laughs> uh, I'm always wrong. Oh, uh, well, maybe we'll be right with the books that you picked to I bring. I the wrong beer. But first, we'll review one of the books I brought. <laughs> uh, and this is Threshold Print. Well, hey, we gotta talk about what uh, we're doing the end. It's the January look back. We do this January, every month. January look back. We take a look at some of the books that came out over the past month. We do it every month. That we Usually take a look at. The books that we come out. Yeah, um, I already fucking did that. Here, take your take your hog lumps. My hog lumps. Uh, <laughs> Pig farts. 
Threshold presents uh, The Hunted, number one, uh, three ninety nine from uh, written by Keith Giffen, uh, art by Tom Rainey, Rainey, and then from um, Superboy fame. Back up, Superboy X Men. He also did the uh, Outsiders yep. with uh, Judd Winnick when that book started off. Back up, written by Keith Giffen and Scott Collins. Um, the Hunted is basically like uh, Running Man. It's a TV show on an alien planet that is tracking fugitives, and everyone on the planet is allowed to hunt this person, kill him for a reward of some type. Uh, the bigger the criminal, the longer he's been out there, the bigger the reward. Um, and this is following the story of ex-Green Lantern... Jediah Call. Jediah Call. Um, he was like a black ops operative for the Green Lantern Corps. Undercover agent. Didn't know about him. Have no clue who he is. Well, he, was just, like- he was just uh, introduced in the Green Lantern uh, New Guardians annual, number one that came out last month, which I read and did not care for. That was also written by Keith Giffen. Uh, art was by Scott Collins. I read it and I was just like, oh, this is what's supposed to lead in that new book coming out. I do not want to read it. <laughs> do they explain why his uh, ring is in his chest? Yeah. I honestly don't remember. I could not pay attention to that book. It just wasn't good. Uh, yeah, and here is uh, Running Man on an alien world. And I didn't much care for Running Man. Uh, I liked it up... Wait, you didn't care for Running Man? No, no, Opera Man, too much for you? Or? <laughs> yes, Opera Man. It's too much for me. Uh, no, it's just I have no uh, affinity, uh, affinity for any of the char- this character. I have no idea who he is. He's another Green Lantern, so if he dies, okay. You know, there's seven seven thousand two hundred or seven thousand four hundred more of them, or eight hundred six hundred. I don't even know how many space sectors are there again. Thirty six hundred. Okay, so seventy two. So seven thousand two hundred more of them. So I'll, I'll be fine. Um, I'll be okay. It's kind of a busy book. It's it's kind of getting you into this world. Mm-hmm. A lot going on. Um, you kind of get like commercials in the middle of it. And, um, yeah, I wasn't There's commercials super... in every comic book? No, like, no, there's, like, commercials... For the Glimmer... For the, 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 the Glimmer Net, you know... It's basically their TV. Mm-hmm. And, um, I wasn't super... I wasn't super thrilled with it, but I really did like the backup Larflees in it. I thought it was kind of fun. See, I actually... I like the main feature a lot more than I thought I was going to. It's not something I would pick up or read if it wasn't put in front of me, though, but I liked it. I think this is a book that could have at least a few issues um, and do okay, because it's a different type of book from what you get over at DC right now. It is definitely on the threshold, the threshold of being good, but right now it's bad. Uh, and I was kind of wondering, like, Threshold Presents, is it going to be, like, their space book series is Threshold, and then Somewhat, this is yeah. just... Their first take on it, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I don't. I didn't order any of the other ones because I wasn't sure how it was going to come out. And after reading it, I'm probably not inclined to pick any more up. I think if I heard better things towards the end of it, I might pick up the trade. I do enjoy Keith Giffen, um, but uh, it wasn't. It wasn't the best. Those are especially all... out of all these number ones that we had mm-hmm. that came out this month. Those were all ambush bugs, right? That. We're talking, that's his race of people, I'm guessing. I don't think so. It looked like him, but I don't yeah. think it is. 
Okay, they were kind of ambush slugs instead yeah. of ambush bugs. And also, I got confused between uh, stealthy and ember. Yes. Like, mm. they looked almost exactly the same, except for, I guess, hair color, but ember changes her hair color. So yeah. I thought yeah, she kind of... So, yeah, I, I, I They had the same that. knives, so therefore... I, I don't know why you wouldn't give one, like, long hair or something. Or, yeah, kind of yeah. introduce them. But in one of the upcoming issues, they're reintroducing Captain Carrot into... To DC New 52. Yeah, but that's not going to be part of the this run of The Hunted. Yeah. Is it? Yep. Really? Okay. My bad. He, he's kind of like a grizzled space pirate looking thing now. Like, it actually kind of looks kind of fun. But is he, is I he part of the zoo crew? No, no mention of the zoo crew because oh, it's well. taking place in this Hunted universe kind of running man thing. But that that's an issue I'd probably be more likely to read than just this one. Because you have an affinity for the character. A little bit. Yeah. I've never read anything with him. I just like the idea of a space rabbit. I think I have uh, number one hmm. for back from the 80s. I don't need to read it. I just like stuff that stars uh, rabbits. Like Space Jam. Or Usagi Jimbo. I'm not going to dig it out for you. Sorry. Yeah. Usagi Jimbo, right? Yeah. Yeah. the guy. Uh, next, we got another one that I brought is the Batman and Robin Annual Number One, uh, four ninety nine, written by Peter Tomasi and Adrian Sif. Man, he loved spending money this month. Three ninety nine, four ninety nine. I know, and uh, you know, it, it was an annual. It the premise sounded fun. Where, and in this book, you have Damien sending Bruce Wayne across across the globe, um, Europe on a on a, well, Gotham's on one side, crossing to the other side of the globe. Other side of the ocean, maybe. I want to say, where's, where's Gotham located? I say, I say Chicago. Kind of in the center? He's going to Green. the United States. Alright, are we gonna split hairs on that? Yeah, I was. And I did. The podcast can go back and listen to it. <laughs> um, but you have Damien sending him on a scavenger hunt, uh, Basically to all places in his past and his parents' past. Where his parents proposed. Where uh, Bruce Wayne's parents. Where Bruce Wayne's parents proposed. Uh, where they, um, where they had their honeymoon. Uh, where they were just at a place with a young, a young Bruce. And at the whole time, Damien's having him do this. He's running around in a Batman suit. Talking in a grizzled voice and waiting for that sun to fully go down so he can go back out into the night. He he sends his dad away so he can have Gotham for those like three days, mm-hmm. and it, it's a very very fun read. Um, this is why I like Damien, and I wish we kind of had more Damien stuff like this because I think Pete Tomasi handles him so well as like mm-hmm. a centerpiece character, not just having him on the outskirts, but having him be the focus. I think he works excellent. This is one of those books that I read, and I'm like, oh, so Damien isn't just a pestilent child that he seems like in every other book, where he's just kind of doing the one-upmanship constantly. He's actually, in this book, he's actually trying to get approval from his father. Yeah. Uh, it It was a lot of fun. I've been, I've been picking up Batman and Robin for, I don't know, maybe the, like, the last six months. And I, I have been enjoying them. I do enjoy uh, the Damien in it. And he can be that really, he can be kind of bratty, but he's been doing a better, like a Damien that's 
trying to be his own kind of Robin and trying to solve his own little crimes. So I really like this to go with the Robin that he's been writing. And, you know, I think it's it's a character that you got to get work yourself into. And with seven, what, 16, 17 issues down, he's kind of really getting that character and doing a good job with with him for me. You knocked uh, his Batman. Ampersand did that. Oh, okay. so you're just going to leave it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you're Damien's right. been around for, what, at least four years now, right? I think he, it's, it's probably... It's more. It's more since run. Yeah, Close it, to five, maybe? Yeah. The first time that... I remember we were at a panel was, in Philadelphia, and they were talking about Damien. Though. Graham Morrison, I was, with, I was with Lisa. Yeah. So that was like... So like four or five years. Yeah. Yeah, maybe five or six. Graham Morrison's first issue was with... Damien being introduced to Bruce Wayne. Um, so he's been around a long time and he's hasn't really grown on me since then. You know, like he was that pe- he reminded me so much of like Superboy, Superboy Prime who also came out around that same time. That pestilent, pestilent you know, like almost talking to the readers about you know wanting to be more badass than badass. Uh but here he he seems just like a kid who Even like has his, all the training that Batman can provide. I just love that moment too when he saves the little kid. He's like, he's like I best kid. I was like with the kid, like kids, like best Batman ever. It's like they're jumping from the burning building. Like it's fun. And then he mm-hmm. just goes, I hate kids. It's a and it's when, a fun read when Gordon realizes that it's not Batman and it's, it's Robin. Robin. He's like Robin, come on. What are you doing? I don't have time for this. And there's some great Alfred stuff in here, too. And there's actually some really fun Bruce Wayne bits, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish Batman and Robin was more like this every month because it's a book that I probably want to read. Yeah, me not too. That, I, not that I have anything against it right now, but it, it, there's it, more it to has, it. It has moments, and it's something that you it doesn't always happen. Here's just one more question I have to ask because John picked up this book, and it's a Batman title. Is it a Batman book? It's a Batman book. Okay. Just wondering. Because Batman books are Batman books. As in your own words. In your own words. Bag and board bite. <laughs> I wanted to make sure. Detective Comics number was... one by John. A Batman, Batman books book a Batman, a Batman book. book. I wanted to make sure this was a Batman book. I'm pretty sure it's a Batman book. His name is in the title. Okay. So, uh, Star Wars number one over at Dark Horse. Speaking about names that'll make you buy a book. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Star Wars book. Exactly what you would want out of a Star Wars book. It has Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie. Only thing it's missing is Wedge. Lando. Wedge. They mit- mentioned that Biggs. Yeah, they talk about Biggs. And uh, what is happening here is it's right after the destruction of the first Death Star. And uh, Granite, it was a great victory for the Rebel Alliance, but they're still now having to hunt for a new home base of operations because Yavin has been discovered. And it will be, and has been deserted and kind of just had to have been destroyed now by the Empire. Uh, so we're, they're on the run again. And it starts off with Wedge, uh, Luke, and Leia out hunting for a new world to cuddle their own. When suddenly, they're ambushed. And uh, Star Wars and Sandy ensues. It does. Um, this Well, written by Brian Wood. Mm-hmm. And who did art on this? Carlos uh, Standa? Yeah. Yes. Um this is what I want out of a Star Wars book. For any of those other Star Wars books that we've read for the show, 
or I've just picked up to flip through. This is what I've wanted. It's those characters that you know and love handled well. I think Brian Wood does a good job with these characters. I mean, and, they're, they're characters that are so just, you know them. And, and in the back of the book, he says that he, at, since 1977, when he saw the first movie, he has been a fan of these films. And it shows. Like, it, it really does. And the art's really nice. And the reason I picked this up is because it was Brian Wood doing a Star Wars book. Um, and, I mean, just that cover, too, just shows what this is going to be. It's going to be just like an epic story about these characters. And I've ordered up till, I think, I just ordered the April issue. So, mm-hmm. four issues of it. You know, I'm... I'm in for it. I'm really enjoying it. I'm in. I'm definitely in. I thought all the characters' voices worked for me. Um, except for Chewie's because, <laughs> you know. How do you it, read? Rawr. Exactly. It works in a movie and he responds, but, you know, it, when you're reading it out loud, you know, kind of like out loud, but not out loud to yourself, it, it is so clunky. The, Stop mentioning the money. You're giving me ideas now, Chewie. Like, you need the actors to really sell those lines to you. But here's here's the thing. You know those actors. You know yeah. how they deliver those lines. So I, I read it in those voices. It yeah. it works. You know, I don't just see Chewbacca saying, Uaru. I hear, <sighs> like, you know, yeah. it, it works. And and that's what I want out of a Star yeah. Wars book. It It's all there. This is something that I really can't wait for the next issue. I do want to read it. I want to see where this goes until Brian Wood's not writing it anymore, and then I'll be okay with probably leaving it behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I mean, we mentioned it, I think, when I picked it for the list, you know, for mm-hmm. the list, list, that, yeah, this is the Star Wars book that I can, I, I think I can get behind, and I have. Like, I'm I'm ordering up to Force right now. And all the characters are recognizable. The yes. art, yeah. the artist on this actually works. That says a lot, I think, about a Star Wars book over our Dark Horse because a lot of times the storytelling is so ineffectual. Yeah, because of that, yeah, because, because of the, of the art. It, um, the characters look like they're supposed to. The uh, way they're not that dead he, on or anything, but they no, work close enough that you definitely know. Yeah, you know who they are, they are when you look at you the could, pages. Uh, yeah. Like a little kid who watched the movies, you could open this up and say, who is that? And they, yeah, a, yeah, kid, a kid yeah. could say, Luke. Like, <laughs> and I love the attention to the detail on like the TIE Interceptors, the TIE Fighters, the Star Destroyer, the X-Wings. It's, I do like, like he's got, he's got the normal, like the, the layouts and everything are mm-hmm. fun. Um, and he has that nice, like darker, lines and stuff like i i really do like the art on it it's it's a solid book this is everything i always want out of a star wars book so thank you brian wood for finally giving me a book that Mm -hmm. i want to read from the star wars universe and i'm so glad because during the beginning part where it's just them and tie fighters go or uh, x-wings going around talking i'm like how how long is this scene going to last oh thank goodness the imperials showed up that's, right, right when I needed them to, because I'm like, Paul, this goes on. That's for, like four pages of right, just of talking. talking heads. And there's like five page or five panels per page. There's really not that much there. 
it, it, no, it, it, it does seem a little. It, it does a seem little. a little, a little daunting. It wasn't when, too much. You guys have obviously never read any of the uh, Rogue Squadron, like expanding universe books, because no. it's all just people hanging out in Tie Fighter or X Wing fighters and talking. That's that's uh, fine for I a did, book, but not I for did, a comic. I did, and I did like kind of uh, the Empire co- Emperor kind of laying into yeah. into Vader and stuff, and taking away his ship. Um, I I did enjoy that stuff too. Our great moments, and for a guy like you can't see any facial expressions because he's in the you know, he's in a mask and everything, but you can, you can just tell Vader's pissed. Mm-hmm. Like he even says it to the new admiral. But uh, let's move on to one of Marvel Now's uh, reprints of Thunderbolts number one came out this month. Uh, number one came out, I believe, the previous month, but this is the reprint. That we can it get our hand on, hands on, and this is a a classic bringing the team together issue. Uh, yeah, you have uh, Thunderbolt Ross going around uh, collecting his crew. Uh, he's talk, and it's all kind of focused around talking to the Punisher, and who's <laughs> chained to a pole. Pole that uh, Thunderbolt Ross is basically saying, "You can either come with me, or I'm going to leave you here for the mob that I just called." The mob of like four hundred gunmen that they're they're carpooling. Yeah, they're all coming in to get him, and uh, it flashes to him, uh, Thunderbolt Ross, meeting with everybody else, and everybody else is uh, Venom, Flash, uh, Thompson, Fla- Thompson, <laughs> Flash Thompson. Uh, not Gordon, <laughs> not Gordon, Flash Thompson, uh, Venom, uh, Electra, uh, and Deadshot, or Deadpool. not Deadpool. Deadpool, Deadpool, not Deadshot, and. Uh, of course, we all know Thunderbolt Ross is now the Red Hulk. So it's it's that issue that's that number one issue of bringing the team together. I don't feel like it it didn't let me down from that, but it wasn't anything more than that either. It's it's that number one issue of bringing the team together, but there was nothing there to bring me into it. Right. I can understand that. It got me. Really? I'm going to be getting the issues. I liked it. It was written, uh, written by Daniel Way. Art by Steve Dillon. Mm-hmm. Steve Dillon from Punisher Max. Punisher, Punisher Max. Max. He also did Preacher with Preacher, uh, Garth Ennis. Um, con- or Hellblazer. Yeah. Uh, lots, lots of, lots of work. Uh, I liked it. I liked. I, I'm. I like Punisher. I am. A, I'm a fan of that. I'm a fan of the other people on the team. I'm not a huge fan of uh, Elektra, but uh, I got, it. Got, it got me. I'm just. There wasn't enough there to get me. Even the power worth when he's talking to Deadpool, when you have Deadpool shooting mimes on a Paris street, there was nothing fun there. Like there was nothing that was like, oh man, I can't wait to see Deadpool on this team because it's just, just them. I, I, I yeah, like that stuff, Electra, it, it only, she just shows up and like stabs some people. Just, it's just it. a, it's just a page for those guys. Mm-hmm. It was kind of the, him talking to Punisher and getting Punisher on his team. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what got me. Like, I want to see the Punisher on a team like this with those other guys. And even then, like, you know, there's 300 guys. Like, you just have a gun. Like, you know, what are you going to do? And then he's like, you don't have the firepower to handle this. Well, I do now. When Ross turns into yeah. the Red Hulk. Like, I, I kind of like that. I kind of see want to see where it goes. I, I can see it being a fun team-up book, but... Honestly, well, like I said, there was nothing to let me really down, but there was nothing to elevate 
that bring the team together. So I'm glad you're picking it up because I do want to borrow issue two. You know what? There's just not enough on the art from oh, yeah. like Steve Dillon that, to draw you in. Like it's all very static and just mm-hmm. you're looking at faces on a page, and there's no fluidity to it. There's like not enough expression it's really there. Harsh- like sometimes we say really heavy bold lines. This is really harsh lines. It, like they're all it, very angular, very like it, even the same kind of face. It's yeah. Steve. It's Steve Dillon. Yeah, yeah. I, we, I've been reading them for the past ten years. I, I, I've seen all these heads and faces before yeah, in it, Preacher. I mm-hmm. there's not enough there to make me. It, it's nothing care. new, but it's a style that I know, and I get it. Does get a little daunting after a while. Um, but I don't know. It got me. I'm glad it got you because if you pick up issue two, I do want to read issue two to see. I want to give it more of a chance than issue one, but I was like, ooh, I don't know if it's worth my three bucks. Yeah. I, I don't. Was it three dollars? Yeah. Oh, well, maybe not. I, oh, two ninety nine. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel the need to read a number that two. That one penny gets some. Even if. <laughs> After spending four ninety, even if you picked up number two, John, I didn't want, I didn't want to do that for it. And you were like, "Hey, I've got it." I'd be like, "Eh, I don't, I don't need to read it. Bring it over, John. I'll read it. We can talk about it." Oh, okay. Maybe do a you know? Fight. We both read like Justice League Dark and uh, Dark Knights. We never talk about them. No. <laughs> well, we never do bag board bites anymore. <laughs> That's true. But now your face is better. Yeah. So maybe we can, because I brought over my computer today for that. Oh, wow. That's, that's it's going to it's gonna be late by the yeah, time. Yeah, it'll be late. But uh, we got one of Chris's favorite books. One of my favorite books. I'm glad it's back. I picked this for my uh, list pick a couple weeks ago. It's Young Avengers number 1, written by uh, Kieran Gillian, art by Mike Norton, and someone else whose There's name like is escaping me. Jamie McKelvey. Um, this is... Who are all get- those names on the... On the cover, then, if it's just... Well, Kieran Gillian, Jamie McKelvey, Mike Norton, and then you have the colorist. Okay. Uh, Last name Wilson, don't know first name. Matthew Wilson. Mm. So there's four names. Paul makes it sound like there's a billion. Well, there was Join the Revolution, AR. (laughs) Yeah, Marvel puts a lot of crap on their covers now. Marvel now. Um, This is that quick intro to the characters, but not getting the the team together. And here's the thing. Some of these characters, I don't even know, like the new Miss America. Loki's a little kid now. Don't know how that happened, but it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're getting Billy and Teddy, Wiccan and Hulkling from yeah, the Bill, previous. They are the ones with the most character development or character. They're, they're the characters that you see the mm-hmm. most yeah. because they're kind of the focal point. But then you also get Kate Bishop, uh, yeah. Hawkeye, and uh, Marvel Boy, which is was back too. I have to say, Kate Bishop, this first three pages, was really a letdown from this Kate Bishop. Because she's this character, when you first meet her in the original Young Avengers, she's this girl that doesn't take any shit from anybody. And here she is as this kind of do- doting, like, just girlfriend character that's it's just she, so into this boy. She doesn't know why that she's up on a space station. Yeah. She doesn't remember that it sounds like she banged him the night before. Okay, and then on you're like those first three pages, and then on page four you have her jumping into a spaceship and, and taking off. This and is a away. great. This is a great layout that it yeah. has. Like page what three? Yeah, it's and it's the captions going. I have no superpowers. I have no powers and not nearly enough training. But I'm doing this anyway. Being a superhero is amazing. Everyone should try it. And it's fun. Like and th- those are the pages that 
that's what hooked me into this book. It's not the fact that it said Young Avengers number one on the cover and I'd be buying it <laughs> anyways. It was when I saw this and then you flip it and you get the title like Young Avengers style over substance. Okay. That was enough to hook me there. Very and then you do, it goes into the character stuff with mm-hmm. Teddy and Billy. Yeah. Kate Bishop though, who was this character that was held hostage, but she was not going to be the damsel in distress. She grabs, you know, throwing stars and basically starts assaulting her captors. In this book, she's doting over a boy, gets into a spaceship, blasts off, and does nothing else for the issue. Well, because the rest of the issue is all about right. Billy and Teddy. He's there, Marval, or not even Marval, Norval, is blasting away scrolls with, you know, gun bullet guns that form out of his Gun pants. bullets. Gun bullets that form out of his his gauntlets. His gauntlets. And she, she No, she turned like she turns around. She's going straight up against that one ship that's there and you see a smile on her face. Okay. And that's where it cuts off. And you I, I you, want you talk to... about those first 3 pages of her just being like doe-eyed and doting over this boy. She's a teenage girl who woke up next to a very attractive young male. Okay. Like I'm hetero enough to admit. <laughs> no, no of ours, he's got it going on. He, and he's sitting there just dancing to like 60s, like girl groups. Like, mm-hmm. it's a different kind of intro for a different kind of book. Right. It's just it's, not as strong in, as strong of an intro as we've had before with the character. And that's what I'm complaining about. She was just such a fiery, strong female character. And yeah, this, but I think it's less than that. And then it's Paul, so but then turn the page, and there it is. No, you don't. You, and you, Paul, you had her like doting over a boy with Patriot too. Not in that first issue. No, I'm talking about okay. intros. This might be the intro okay. for some. This is Young Avengers number one. This is somebody's first this intro. This is kind of my Kate, first intro because I haven't read this since it first mm-hmm. came out. Mm-hmm. I may have read the first four issues of it. I didn't stay with it. The only thing I know is stuff I've caught from Chris or you talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I have to agree a little bit with Paul that oh, yeah, finally I'm not alone. She she kind Mark of it one fifty eight. She's I I I'm I'm with you both because she does start oh, out shit. that she starts out that she starts out that way, but then you see her g- kind of going into action like she's in a spaceship. She's in the shit, like she's going for it, yeah. um, and then you know you it kind of like oh it's gonna start, and then you have this kind of fun Hulkling. Give me one more shape changed doing something. You don't need ship. anything more. I you don't need anything more from. Yes, her. I do. I need I need that one more panel of um, her blowing up a ship. But you have you have Hulkling, shape changed into Spider Man, and he's out there being a superhero even though he's not supposed to be, mm-hmm. and um. And you have him and his relationship with with Wiccan. The thing that I really did like was Child Loki yeah. spreading all the food out on his table, like making like a pentagram and stuff with it, and doing and doing some magic. Like it is a fun book. I'm not sure how how these characters are. I really do like the page layouts. Like yeah, there's the, a lot of story per page. A lot of stuff going on, and it looks it looks good. Um. And the stuff with, like, the stuff with the end with, uh, yeah, Hulkling's, Hulkling's mom and everything coming back. All interesting, all fun. I did like it. And kind of like you with the other one, like, 
I don't need to read anymore. If you gave me the next issue, it might sit in my stack for a little bit before I get to reading it. I would read it, but it's not something I'm kicking down doors for. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's good. If you enjoy the young Avengers or, you know, you like kind of those fun books, it's, it's perfect for that. And, and this is what I miss is that fun young, ah, fun young superhero book. Like I don't, it's been a forever since Young Avengers or Runaways. I mean, there was Avengers Academy, but I only picked up two issues of that because the Runaways were appearing in it. And I, I'm glad this is here because I want to know who this Miss America character is. I'm, I might and Loki Google Wikipedia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, this has enough for me to get hooked into it. And I'm sorry I didn't have it for you, Paul. It's, it, no, no, I'm just saying. He just got stuck on those first four pages. Well, even with the, uh, relationship between Billy and Teddy, like, the, those two pages, since it was just the simple nine panel grid on both pages and it was a double page, I'm like, should I leave? It was one of those classic moments. Should I have been reading this all the way across? No, that doesn't work. Okay, all the way down. And then, and then across. And it didn't seem to really work either, uh, for me because I, suddenly there's an emotional change. Uh, from Billy, from Teddy, where he's kind he's of angry him. about it. Yes. And then all of a sudden he's very compassionate about it. See, I, I didn't have that problem figuring out how to read it. I didn't either. Like, I had to look for what pages you were actually talking about. That's okay. Right. Like, I just read it as normal. Mm-hmm. He just goes from, like, kind of being upset with him, being I like, hey, look, what, what I want to be a hero. Is being the. My mom died. I had to watch her he, be buried. And then all of a sudden he's like, hey, but I, I'm i a shapeshifter. I want to be a hero. I want to be anything you want me to be. No, it, it's that argument you have with your girlfriend over. And he went a little too far. Instead of being like, oh, you're going out and being a superhero. You're not supposed to do that. But it's like, oh, you were out with your friends. And it's that saying, like, I need that blow off time. I need to be out there. I have this ability. I need to do that. I need to go out with my friends. I need that night where I'm just out with my friends and my mom just died. Like, I need this. I need to be with my friends. Like, you should understand that. And then you also get the, and you and I got together because of that. And you've turned your back on it because of what happened with your mom. That's not who I fell in love with. And he's, I think he says that exactly. Yeah, he says, I fell in love with a superhero. I'm like, did he mean somebody else? No, he means her, him. Okay. And then... It was just such a, it turned on a dime, I felt there. There's relationships with girls. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's in a relationship. You've, you've been in one way too long, Paul, to know that that's when you're dating someone and they have like that hissy fit and then you, like, no, there's something else there to it. He turns on a dime on that. And I, that's where I'm like, maybe I read, maybe I'm reading through this wrong and went back. Paul is an old man too. Yeah. I am old. (laughs) You got a lot of gray hair. I'm not as old as, I don't know, a living vampire, but... I'm oh! It's not that old, though. Yeah, because that's going to bring us to our other number one for Marvel. It's Morbius, living vampire. And Marvel's got a lot of books coming out from people that I don't even know. Because some of the issues that I just ordered in the new previews, I'm like, who's writing this? Oh, I don't even know that guy. Whatever. And I'm flipping through looking for characters or creators on this and... There we go. Written by Joe Keating, art by Richard Elson. Um, but what we have here is a reintroduction of uh, Michael Morbius, the living vampire. Um, <clears throat> this is a man who is... Is Michael not Mikel? 
I always, I always think it's Mikhail Morbius. I don't know why. I think it's just pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, apparently he escaped from the raft in Spider-Man 699. Didn't read it. Didn't know that. But this is him on the run and just kind of having shitty luck. Um, yeah. He kind of outlays his powers, who he is, how he got in this situation, and then what led him to his current spot, which is being shot in the subways and dying. Uh, it's an interesting way to just kind of introduce you or reintroduce you to this character. And something we've kind of talked about off air before is the most we ever had to do with Morbius was watching the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. I know. I'm like, where's his finger suckers? Hand palm suckers. Like, I had one random issue of Web of Spider-Man that had Morbius in it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. It's the vampire guy. I had, I had a few of them because I, for growing up, my whole, my, all my whole adolescence, we had a Spider-Man subscription. So I, he's a character I've seen quite a few times before he showed up in the Spider-Man cartoon where I was like, this is stupid. He's got hand suckers. No, well, that, that was under the comics code thing though. Like mm-hmm. he was, he, well, he it was wasn't, a, co- that, well, that's the, why he was created though. Right. He was a living vampire, mm-hmm. so he didn't actually count. But yeah, the, uh, Hand sucker thing, that was just, you can't have vampires yeah. sucking blood on TV. Fox, Fox, for, for yeah. Fox cartoons in the morning. This, it, it's not a bad issue, but there's nothing really great here. There's nothing that really grabbed me and made me be like, oh man, I, I really need to pick up number two. But I really enjoyed the non-sequentialness of how they laid out the story with, this is what happened before. Yeah. This is what's happening now. This is, I, I liked how it went back and forth between those moments. I did like that. Uh, because it was at least an interesting way to tell the story that isn't that interesting. He's also just such a reluctant hero that he just doesn't actually do anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and that's kind of like, to me, is you're going to have this moment where, all right, you're, you're this living vampire. You do need blood and everything. So... Why not go after the bad? Like, why not go after the bad guys? So, I know you're trying to lay low, yeah. but at the same point, when you're in just a crime-ridden place where people, where a kid's mugging a bum, yeah, yeah. that doesn't have any money, you can get away with a couple dead bodies. <laughs> so, well, I, I think that's what's going to be the that oh shit moment in number two or three. It's because so much of this issue is history, and the rest of it is just him living on the streets, like. Trying not garbage. to do anything. Just, just sitting there in an alley being like, oh yeah, night number three. Wasn't that bad. Nothing happened. Yeah. Like, no, nothing really happens to him in all of this book until he kind of runs into that street thug that's kind of showing him how the lay of the land. Like, well, no, this. St. Germain? Yeah, like, this is how life is. Huh, you're kind of funny going on vacation. Like, it was St. Germain, yeah. It wasn't bad. Wasn't great. I kind of expected a little bit more out of a Morbius number one. Yeah. You're going to try to grab people. It's not exactly grabbing you to this character. But it, it makes, it puts Morbius in an interesting enough spot where I do kind of want to see I, more. I about kind him. of want to see issue two, but, but I don't really want to buy it. Not how it's written. I like how oh, it's presented. Guys, we're, we're going to have to do a power ranking at the end of all this. Because there's so many books, we're like, eh. yeah, yeah. Because uh, 
I'm more interested in Young Avengers number one or number two than Morbius number two. Oh yeah, easily. Yeah, because I would agree. <laughs> I liked how. If I had accidentally ordered number two or ordered number two, thinking like, oh, maybe I'll really enjoy number one, I would read it. Yeah, I you wouldn't know? be. I wouldn't feel like no, I, I. I wouldn't feel awful, but I would be like, well, I'll give it number two a read, you know. And then if that didn't do it, I'd be like, eh, I'm good with not getting any more. Yeah, this is one of those books. If someone picked up number two, I would I would sit down and read it to be like, oh, you know what? Okay, I I did like that. I'll pick up number three maybe. You yeah, know, because I think this is a book that might need that two and three to really get there because that first issue just wasn't altogether there, but. Right. It was still interesting enough that you. I do kind of want to see where it goes. It, it's borderline. It's on that cusp. It's, yeah. It could go either way. It's on a threshold. It's on the threshold, but it's on more of the threshold than the hunted is. Yeah. It, it's one of those things. That, you know what? If it, number two came out on a week where I wasn't picking up any other books and I needed something just to put me over that limit to use my credit card, uh-huh. I, I'd pick it up to read it. You know. And I know you've been there, Paul. Yeah, I've been there on some books. Uh, I, if that happens, Paul, pick it up and I'll give you the money for it. Not, okay. I, I'm not opposed to reading number two. I have nothing against number one. It's just I, I could go either way on reading more. You know what I do want to read more of? What? what? That book right there. Really? This it's is hard uh, to read the name of the book because little, it's kind of... A little bit. I take my glasses off a couple of times to read panels. <laughs> uh, what we have here is... Uh, Fairy Quest, number one, from Boom Studios. I talked about this book a few episodes ago. It was yes. actually my pick for the list. Um, this is a book that was funded through Kickstarter uh, by writer Paul Jenkins, artist Humberto Ramos. Uh, they raised all the money f- to do this over on Kickstarter. They put it out as a hardcover. And then Boom picked up the rights to do the first part of it as two issues, as a monthly but not monthly whatever yeah in single issues um and what we have here is the story of your favorite storybook characters and how basically they're just playing a role every day they play their part they keep telling the same stories over and over and they kind of get sick of it and yeah, because they're up. not allowed to deviate they cannot deviate they- stick to your story mm-hmm. otherwise uh mr grimm is going to put you in the mind eraser and Mr. Grimm is the Man, character. I love that ride at <laughs> Darien Lake. Mr. Grimm is basically the overseer character that makes sure... I didn't love that ride. It's every character... Coaster. I never went on it. It sticks I'm to their surprised roles. you said that, Paul. I love roller coasters. Me too. Um, but what really sold this book for me is the fact that it's Humberto Ramos. I love his artwork. I always have. I probably always will. And him teaming up with his frequent co-collaborator, Paul Jenkins, on what I also love... Different takes on storybook characters. Uh, it, that aren't allowed a, to be taking a different take on yeah, storybook they, characters. They, they, they can't take different takes. Um, it, it's it's a really fun book. We'll get into probably talking about it a little more, but the the art is so great. There's so much going on in just a panel. I mean, Herberto Ramos just put so much effort into every single page, and it's just a great great looking book i think it's a lot better work than he did even on uh spider-man 700 amazing spider-man 700 i really like this it looks more paintedly I, a lot of it is in the colors too because there's so it's, much detail and i think mm-hmm. he had more time to do this than he probably did yeah. 700 and also in all the detail work in the backgrounds too it seems like a fairy everything about <laughs> 
the art screams fairy book, fairy tale lands. And I think that really what differentiates a comic artist's work is, okay, this is a job with something like Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and this is something that you want to do. Like, this is a labor of love for them. They mm-hmm. raise this money to do this book on their own. It, it's not something they were contracted to do. They didn't approach a company to do it. They put it out there on their own saying like, hey, this is a book we want to do. If you believe in us, help us out with it. And people did. And I'm glad people came to their rescue or supported them. Mm-hmm. I wish I had known about it beforehand because I definitely would have because this is the kind of book that I really enjoy because it's so different from those Morbius, Star Wars, yeah. Thunderbolts books that we, we pick up to and read. It's all about Little Red Riding Hood befriending the big bad wolf and they love each other yeah they're, they're she, she brings him treats on, brings, on the way to grandmother's house uh, he's sitting out in the rain after they kind of got in trouble and she wants to stay out there with him and she wants to bring him into the house because he's stuck out in the rain it's that little girl who loves her her puppy so mm-hmm. much her dog so much and that dog who just absolutely loves her in return yeah. and and the two of them escaping Whoa. because Everybody is going to be names have someone has been caught and names have been let loose of these are people who are thinking about escaping yeah. from this fairy world. Uh the fairy wood. What is it? Uh is it fairy wood? Uh Fablewoods. Fablewood. Fablewoods um, to real world. To real world. And it's about these two escaping and it's gonna be their or adventure. Trying, trying to escape. Trying to escape. And it ends up with them in Basically, Never- another sec- uh, another section of the woods, and it's it's Neverland. It's Neverland, yeah. And I I really do like this. I really do want to pick up issue uh, issue two, and yeah, that does look interesting. This, I I didn't pay attention to the back cover here before, but uh, there's an ad for another Boom Studios book coming out in April, which means I can probably order right now. It's called Polarity. Uh, new series from Say Anything frontman Max Bemis. I love the band Say Anything. And it says, what if getting superpowers meant losing your mind? Every issue ships with a free download for a new original Max Bemis song. Uh, yeah, I'll, we'll be talking about that one <laughs> <laughs> in April. Look back. I like this. Um, uh, I'm glad, I'm kind of happy to know it's only two issues because I think it'd kind of get daunting and a little old. Or run into a little too much of fables, mm-hmm. uh, if it went on too too long. Okay, if it was an ongoing. But uh, I'm definitely interested in reading the second issue. So, are we ready for our power rankings? Because there was a lot of get these get these books together. You know, a lot of that going on. There, there's oh, we didn't talk about demon knights. What are these books? Demon Knights was going to be. Oh, was that when they yeah. pulled to do the dramatic then, reading and then and he, then he messed he messed it up. out. Yeah, I kept right. on messing it up because he kept on making up more rules as I went along. <laughs> that's that's how I. Messed all right, it up. well, John, go. Well, you, since you have the books in front of you and you're kind of going through them all, we'll let you go first with your power rankings. Get all of the books in front of you. Yep. He's 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 looking through them. So how all are you right. doing, Paul? Oh, he's, all right, he's ready. I'm ready. Uh, number one, Star Wars. Star Wars. Uh, number two is Fairy Quest, Batman Annual, Thunderbolts, Young Avengers, Morbius, Threshold. Well, Threshold, your own I'm book. S- I'm surprised last. he put Threshold uh, at the uh, after Morbius. I thought you would enjoyed 
threshold a little bit more than that. No, I would rather check out what happens in issue two of Morbius than I would Threshold. Even though I did enjoy the, uh, the Larflees stuff. The Larflees at the end. At the end. I just, that would be the only reason I would pick up the book, but it's not worth the three ninety nine. It's really, not worth that at all. We didn't really talk about the Larflees stuff too much while Paul's kind of getting the books in order. I, I didn't like the way that he was really handled because it was just so much of him grandstanding. It didn't feel like... Larflees. I don't know if it's just because it wasn't Jeff Johns writing it, who I think we've really seen handle him almost always up until like this point. Yeah. Well, I have to go also with uh, Star Wars number one, then Young Avengers number one. Uh, even after all my complaining about <laughs> it, it, was it just, ranked up high. It ranked up high, but it seemed like such a less than than the first, the very first number one of Young Avengers I got, which was. Eight years but, ago now. Yeah, very, very different and creators. Yeah. And that's something that Kieran Gillian said in the very back end where he was like, how do you write Young Avengers when you're not, not yeah. uh, Alan Heinberg? Because mm-hmm. he didn't want it to be an Alan Heinberg book. I'm very interested to see where it goes and what's going on next with these characters. And I'm hoping to see more heroic from Kate Bishop in this new... I, I want to know the story of this Miss America. Um, then, Fable Quest... Then Thunderbolts number one. I, I did enjoy it enough. Uh, then, uh, over Batman and Robin annual, because again, Damien's not my real cup He's of not tea. Your favorite. But I, I did enjoy him more here than in most books. Uh, even though I do kind of enjoy him when he's just, like, like he was taking that, when he's taking the piss out of, uh, the other Robins, I kind of enjoy yeah. that quite a bit. <clears throat> so I loved him in the Crab Morrison's run with him and Dick. No. no. He will always be Dick Grayson's Robin to me, more so than Bruce Wayne's Robin. Uh, then Threshold presents The Hunted. Because Running Man is better than a living <laughs> vampire. Wow. And, and that's only, and that was, those last three books basically were, like, the best of the worst class. Like, <laughs> especially the last two. Like, yeah. Uh, no, I, I can definitely. Threshold agree. versus. I'm just trying to buy you some time. No, it's, it's okay. As you were passing them off to me, I had a basic idea of okay. how I wanted to do so. Um, for my number one, I did Fairy Quest just because you can tell this is something that they wanted to put out and they were proud to have worked on it. You can tell the passion it behind it. And it's such a gorgeous book. I really do look forward to reading more of it and hopefully seeing more down the road from this because. I don't know if it's something I would continue to pick up for a long yeah. span of time, but if they did it as a series of like miniseries, you know, four issues here and there, mm-hmm. if they can keep up this kind of quality, definitely. I want to see where they go in Neverland with Peter Pan. I have to say, how does how does Peter Pan know Red Riding Hood? Exactly. If if they were to come out and say that Red Riding Hood had her mind erased multiple times, and she keeps up ending up with Peter Pan each and every after so off after. The mind erasing, and then she just falls back into the same pattern and comes back to Peter Pan. I would be very interested, much more interested in the book. Also, like, why is he kind of that outcast in that forest? Because I imagine... They said they never go into that part of the woods. Mm -hmm. I imagine Peter Pan is not going to follow the rules of Grimm. So, yeah, I I like that he's that. I I see him as that huge rebeller of of everything, so... Uh, Number two... Young Avengers, this book that I, I love, 
And I really enjoyed this issue. Number three, Star Wars. This is everything I've always wanted in a Star Wars book. Uh, four, Batman, Batman and Robin Annual. This is so much more than what you get monthly with Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. I, I wish it was every monthly because this would probably be something that I ordered before John got a chance to get into it. <laughs> um, then I went Morbius Living Vampire. It's right on that edge. It could, I could love it if it just gets a little bit more solidified. <sighs> then the hunted. It was that Running Man aspect for it. Running Man across the universe. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. And then Thunderbolts, it's just nothing there for me. I, and I feel bad putting the Hunted that close to Thunderbolts because I, <laughs> I, I enjoyed Hunted a lot more than I did Thunderbolts. So much more that I feel like I wish there was another book I could put in between them. Uh, Polarity that you haven't read. <laughs> I have faith in that book. <laughs> It was only this one page ad. Uh, I thought that I could have gotten a lot more out of this book. I realized that it was on the back of another um, book. I really enjoy the band Say Anything. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to a comic book by Max Bemis because the dude's insane. He's has, crazy. Has Say Anything toured with Say Ferris? They have not. Say Ferris isn't around anymore, uh, sadly. Well, that would have been good. Um, this, just a little history on say anything the uh first two albums that the guy put out uh is a real boy and was a real boy were actually done as a rock opera about himself as the main character who is kind of like this underground scenester who writes music and then automatically becomes famous when he finds out that he has a gift for just writing songs and when he writes them everything comes pouring out of his mouth and he speaks the truth and people just flock to it it's really bizarre but it's Kind of cool. Polarity. I'm looking forward to that. If, if you uh, think we speak the truth about comic books, or you think we speak a bunch of lies, let us know by rating and reviewing us over at iTunes. We just got another one from Mac the Machine. Yay, Mac! So, so thank Yay. you very much. Uh, you can do that over on iTunes, or you could contact us in other ways. Uh, find us on the Facebook page. Yeah, bagged and bored. We and always, the Twitter. We always put up what we're going to be doing for the episode right before we record, so you'll get a little sneak peek. And let us know what you're reading, what you're drinking, what you're watching, because, hey, we can only come up with so many episodes. We would like some help with that. I'm, and I've, we've already gotten several from different listeners that we're planning on doing. And Yeah, our our you, monthly look back, our trading policies are, are basically fueled by listener comments. Yeah, right now, yeah. Yeah, very exciting for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hopefully this is exciting for you. You can email us. Email us, contact ideas. at Bagging Boardcast, or email us individually, Chris, John, or Paul at BaggingBoardcast.com. All right. Until next week, where we'll be doing something awesome, we're sure of it. Uh, you keep on being awesome by telling us how you're awesome. Be, be a fairy quest. Not a living vampire. Not a living vampire. <laughs>